and uh, thankful for what God is doing. Amen. A group of friends went deer hunting not too long ago. They paired off in twos for the day, and that night one of the hunters returned alone, and he was staggering under a, an eight-point buck, and one of the friends asked, well, where's Harry? And he said, Harry had a stroke of some kind. He said, he's, he's a couple miles back up the trail. And he said, you left Harry just laying there and carried the deer back? And the hunter said, well, I, I figured nobody was going to steal Harry. <laughs> Anyways, try to get a little bit of deer humor in there for those, yeah, oh dear. <laughs> Amen. John 15, verse 15. Jesus says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Amen. I want you to uh, focus on this. Know this point right here that Jesus said, I, I call you not servants, because a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. And I pray, God, that you would speak to us and help us, Lord, to stay awake over the next few moments. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 Hey, y'all don't know. Struggle's real. I'm watching some of you. There was a, a man in the book of First Chronicles chapter 27 with the name of Hushai, and that's kind of a funny name, uh, but if you read this whole First Chronicles chapter 27, you see the names and the roles of those that played an important uh, decision-making process in David's kingdom. Uh, King David was, we know, uh, chosen by God. He was placed there for a reason. But hidden within that last, uh, that, that list of people uh, that you read in 1 Chronicles chapter 27, in the 33rd verse is a very special notation. And uh, you'll notice that uh, there are others that are named as counselors. There's some that are named as scribes and leaders. And we are told in this passage that Hushai the Archite was the king's companion, or he was the king's friend. 2 Samuel 15.37 further clarifies for us that this role that Hushai played was that of David's friend. And Hushai was more than just a servant in David's court. He was more than just an advisor. The scripture tells us he was the king's Friend, And so when David's other most trusted advisors defected and they joined the rebellion of Absalom, Hushai, David's friend, remained loyal to the king. And according to David's instructions, Hushai pretended to be loyal to Absalom and slipped information to David about Absalom's plans. When David's rebellious advisors urged Absalom to attack David while his forces were in disarray, Hushai, he prevailed and convinced Absalom to hesitate long enough that David was able to gather his forces and dispel the attack. And, and so we read in the Scripture and find this very important truth that Hushai was the king's friend. Tim Kimmel said, uh, he, he was, he's the president of Generation Ministries, he said, my wife Darcy and I, we were on a date. We were sitting in the corner of the restaurant. We were waiting on our food. And he said, I took out my pen and I started to mark lines on a paper napkin. And when I was done, 
I had made an acceptable likeness of a casket and I slid it across the table. Darcy peeked at it and then rolled her eyes. She knew I hadn't been uh, taking this milestone. He had turned 40. Uh, He said, I hadn't been taking this milestone in my life as well as I should. But by this time, uh, she had read my thinking wrong. And he says, how many people does it take to carry one of these? And she looked at me with whimsical eyes that said, what is he up to now? But she gave the right answer. The answer was six. And he said, Darcy, if I died tomorrow, who would you ask to carry my casket? said, I had plenty of friends who I believe would be willing to help with this task, assuming that there was nothing more pressing in their appointment book, but I didn't want those types of people carrying me to my grave. I wanted people who would drop whatever they were doing in order to not drop me. Our conversation reminded me that uh, I had some work to do in the area of committed friends. I realized this could sound morbid. My wife probably wanting me to get off of this subject, but I do I did decide, he said I need decided I needed to start grooming my pallbearers. Certainly not because I planned on needing them anytime soon, but they represent the people who have been with you through the best and the worst of times. And it was obvious to me that if I wanted to have rich friendships, I would have to be a loyal friend. And that's from a excerpt that he wrote called Grooming Your Pallbearers. Somebody, you know, uh, we don't like to talk about that, but something to think about. Uh, who would drop everything for you? And uh, we, we think about this in, in, in terms of our human relations, but now let's, let's look at the, uh, the, the, the text of Scripture and let's look at what we are reading here in the Bible. Everybody is a friend of God, right? Not really. Not really. In today's Christian society, I think everyone thinks that just because they love God and they go to church on Sunday, that they are friends of God. And, you know, not too long ago, a very popular song came out, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. And, and that's wonderful if He really does call you friend. But many talk about serving God, and we should talk about serving God because He is our Lord, He is our Master, but God is desiring something more than just a servant relationship with us. He desires a friendship. And so I wanted to ask you tonight, and I've kind of you know hit on this before in years past, but I want to ask you, are you a servant or are you a friend of God? In our text, Jesus draws distinction in John chapter 15 about the difference or the distinction between being a friend and being a servant. Note this distinction. First of all, it's not the privilege of the servant to understand his master's business. You know, and and sometimes you're going through life, you're doing what you're doing for God, but you feel like, God, I don't understand what you're doing. That's a servant relationship. And God's wanting to have a friendship with you because a servant just does what he's told. No questions, no reasons, just very good, sir, if you say so, sir. And Jesus made it plain that he wasn't looking for mind-numbed robots to follow him around and just, you know, just do whatever he said. He's looking for somebody that he could elevate to the level of friendship. 
God is looking for somebody who will do more than just serve Him out of obligation or duty. He's looking for somebody that will develop a true relationship with Him. And I I believe that there is a calling that's going out uh, all over the world right now, but especially to the body of Christ, urging us all to draw closer to Him, to become His friend. And I believe that as the end time unfolds, that God is truly looking for friends that He can confide in. More than servants that just simply serve Him. He wants people He can reveal Himself to and reveal what He wants to do in this world. Amen. Amen. But the problem for us is I feel like it is easier for us to be servants. It's easier. Servants are reactionary. We are reactive. Uh, We live our lives, if we're servants, we live our lives responding to the circumstances around us. Their course and their direction is always set by some outside force exerting influence over their life. Like a pinball, they bounce around in the arcade. They have no perspective of the bigger picture. They are propelled from one event to another just by external forces. The distinction between a servant and a friend according to Jesus is the servant doesn't really know what his master's planning. He's just a small cog in the big picture. Does what he's told. Some of us like it that way. <laughs> we don't have any responsibility. We don't have to take responsibility for our lives. Well, I'm just this is what God's doing with me, and it's just wonderful, and I don't even I don't have to understand it. It's just but we can't blame it all on God. It's easier to be a servant. It's easier to be constantly influenced by the circumstances of our life. Bouncing from one event to the next, haphazardly journeying through this life in the general direction of heaven, and I'm going to get there someday. I don't know how, but I'm going to get there. But that's not what God is calling us to. That's not what God really wants from our life, just, well, you do what I tell you to, and bless God, you know, you maybe someday you'll make heaven your home. No, that's not what He wants. God is calling us to a, a, another level, to a different level, to a higher level. And, and so Jesus said, I call you not servants. He said, from henceforth, or we would say, from here on out. I'm not calling you servants, but I want to call you friends. And as much as the role of a servant is menial and mechanical, there is a ministry of friendship with God and it is a ministry that any child of God can fulfill. The renowned revivalist and prayer warrior Verbal Bean used this analogy. He said, when you are a passenger in an airplane, you have very little knowledge of the specifics of the flight. You are mainly just along for the ride. And you know when it takes off and you know when it lands. Beyond that, you trust the unseen hand that navigates it from here to there. He goes on to talk about an opportunity in his life where the pilot invited him into the cockpit and pilot showed him how everything worked, even let him handle the controls for a moment. And all of a sudden he said, I was no longer a passenger, just a passenger. I was an active participant. I had a similar experience when I flew uh, into Uppington, South Africa from uh, Johannesburg, South Africa in the middle of the Kalahari Desert. I'm flying and they found out I was American. They said, come on up here. Okay, cool. I mean, I was treated like I was some sort of celebrity or something. Uh, they had me at the radio station, and then they, you know, on the way there, they put me in the cockpit and showed me all the instruments, and they said, hey, this is what we're doing. And so I got to, I got to play around with some of the stuff. I you know, got to flip a couple buttons that they let me flip. But, you know, when, whenever that happened, that was the first time that that had happened for me. And so I became a participant in the flight. Right. 
I got to sit in the cockpit. I, I was helping guide the, the, the airplane. And Verbal Being concluded his story with the belief that it is God's sincere desire to elevate people from the role of passenger to the role of participant. He, he doesn't just want us just along for the ride. He wants us to participate in what He's doing. Amen? He, he wants us to have first-hand knowledge of what's going on. And, and He wants to know, hey, well, where would you like to see this go? What would you like to see happen? Amen? And He wants us to be a part of what He's doing. The role of friendship, it's this role that grants us spiritual insight to help us make a difference in our world. Whenever we are blindly just kind of bouncing around the pinball, you know, we are constantly influenced by these outside pressures. We don't have any idea what's going on or what's going to happen next. We just react. Just boom, boom, boom. Just whatever. Whatever life dishes out, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I totally, I, I feel that. I, I understand that. But, you know, that's the way we live our lives a lot of times. That's the way we go through life. Careening out of control from one event to the next. Reacting to the crisis. Dealing with the event. Trying to make a difference here or there. As my life is quickly passing by. And I believe that God has a higher calling. I believe that God has a deeper desire for each and every one of us. And I believe that if we would just allow Him to, He would like to pull back the, 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 the big curtain and let us see the bigger picture every once in a while. And the servant doesn't know what the Master's doing, but he said, I'm not wanting to call you servants anymore. That lets me know that there's been a, a change. There's been a desire for him to have closer relationship. He said, I want to call you friend. Amen. In other words, he said, look, before now, you might have just been operating as servants. He said, but from here on out, I don't want to just think of you as servants. I don't want you to think of yourself as servants. I, I'm tell, I want to show you what I'm getting ready to do. And I, I want you to participate in what's getting ready to happen. Amen. Amen. This is when Jesus was speaking. The church was getting ready to be birthed. The church was getting ready to be formed. And I don't believe that God ever intended for the church to be a reactive church. I believe He intended for us to be proactive. I, I, I really believe that uh, He didn't in, in, intend for us to be constantly influenced by outside pressures, but He intended for the church to be the influencer, the, the light on the hill, the city that cannot be hid. I believe that God is looking for people who want to participate as friends. As friends, not just as servant. And I believe that God is looking for some people in this place tonight that He can call His friend. Somebody that He could reveal His will to, not just for their life, but for their family and for their future and for those that are around them. And some of us, amen, as we pass through life, we could capitalize on moments and opportunities that God is opening up for us to see. Not just to seize the moment, but to grasp the big picture. To understand that God is in control and at work even when we don't understand. And sometimes I will be the first to admit I don't always understand. I don't always get it. Amen. But then there are other times when I feel like God as, as I pray, as I seek after Him, that God will open up my understanding to be able to see what He wants to do in the world. What He wants to do in our city. What He wants to do in our churches and in our homes. And He wants me to be able to help us 
facilitate His plan. That's who I have become. I have become God. Whatever you want to help me to help facilitate, I want to participate. Amen. amen. That's why we go uh, to, to Costa Rica. That's why we go, amen, around the world. That's why we go to our neighborhoods. And that's why we reach to people and we disciple and we do life groups. Why? Because I want to participate, God, in what you are doing in my life. Amen. And the difference between the servant and the friend, the friend becomes an influencer. The friend begins to further the will of God because the friend is aware of what the will of God is. The servant, he doesn't know, he's just doing it blindly. And I, I know a lot of servants that get frustrated and they just quit serving. They just leave. But I've never seen people who are a friend of God, who they understand the will of God, they understand the workings of God and what God is trying to do. You don't see too many friends walking away from God. God reveals Himself to those He calls His friends. I can tell you today that God wants to call you His friend. I have no doubt in my mind that God longs to open up your eyes to the plan and the purpose that He has for your life. And some of us think, well, I'll never know. It's all just going to be a mystery. No, God wants to show you His purpose for you. He wants to show you His plan for your family. And God longs to just give you insight into your world and into your dealings because God desires an intercessor. He desires somebody to be close to Him so that He can influence the course of the world through them. And some of us say, well, why, why me? How could this be? It couldn't be maybe somebody else, but not me. I'm not really that important. But you look at people like Abraham, and God called Abraham his friend. And accordingly, He revealed His plans to Abraham before He brought them to pass. He stopped by Abraham's tent on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And He's telling him, what I'm getting ready to do. And He knew. He knew that Abraham was his friend and he knew that his friend would begin to intercede on behalf of the righteous man. He knew that Abraham would say, but what about Lot? And what about Lot's family? And what about those that Lot's probably influenced by now? And God calls Abraham friend and so He reveals it to him and He knows by revealing it to him He is invoking Abraham to action. He is invoking Abraham to be a participant of what he is doing. And God calls Moses his friend. And when, when God's ready to discard the children of Israel, and He said, I'll start all over with you, Moses. Moses, I'll make a whole new people out of your lineage. He first stopped by and He talked to Moses and He said, Moses, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe them all out. I, I can't, I'm so sorry that I ever made them. And because He knew what Moses would do, God stopped by and He talked to His friend. And he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to wipe them out. But he knew all along Moses would say, hold on, God. Just hold on. Just wait. Wait, wait, wait. Let me participate in this decision. And, and so he convinced God, amen, that it was for his God's glory, amen, that he could not destroy his people. And God knew that Moses would respond in this way because he was his friend. God is looking for somebody in this place that He can call friend. 
Somebody He can reveal His will to. Somebody that He can trust to intercede on behalf of a lost world. And, and I know sometimes you and I, we get a little out of sorts and we, we forget to pray like we should. We don't really stay connected like we should. And, and I'm not talking about that. I'm saying just uh, in general. I, I'm not talking about one day here or there. I'm saying, that, you know, we, we, we've got to be friends of God. We've got to reach out. We've got to remember what it's like to shake the foundations of hell. Amen. As we open up the floodgates of heaven through prayer, through fasting, through seeking after God, because God's looking for friends. He's looking for people, amen, that will pray, for people that will intercede, and for people that will go after Him. Yes. <coughs> he wants to reveal His will. He wants to share important things with us. He wants us to know, amen, what His plan is. But the problem lies in the fact, and I said it earlier, but the problem lies in the fact that it's a whole lot easier just to be a servant. It, it's easy just to go on as a servant or even a stranger to God because life's a whole lot easier when you can just kind of aim driftlessly through it. The servant doesn't know what the master is planning. And the problem is that some of us, we don't really want to know what the master's planning. Because if we know we got to do something about it. <laughs> if we know, we've got to speak up. we got to say something, and sometimes that gets a little bit awkward. It's awkward with friends. It gets awkward with family. It just gets awkward because it's just so inconvenient. It's inconvenient, and now we have to do something about it. We'd really rather not be bothered. We've been idle and just kind of hanging back and letting life happen for so long. And God is calling us to the office of friendship. He says, I want to, I want to share, I want to share with you what I'm what I'm doing. And so he's been reaching out to us. And for the last this this whole year, God's really been kind of reaching us, drawing for us to get closer to Him and and to, to have the type of mentality that says, God, I want to know what you're doing and I want to be a part of what you're doing. He wants to bring us to that inner place and reveal his purpose and his plan to to allow us to be instrumental in bringing his plans to pass in this end time. But we have to answer the call. You know, we, we, we can't have those days where, you know, we, we are presented with the fact we know that if we don't speak that somebody's going to go to hell and we say, you know what, not today. I just don't have the time today. God, God, just, you know, whatever you got to do, just uh, as long as it doesn't mess with me, I, I'm okay. Can you imagine if... God would have come to Abraham and He would have said, Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, uh, and, and Abraham would have said, well, I know Lot's there, but well, at least it's not me. What if Moses, what if he would have come to Moses and said, hey Moses, I'm going I'm to take, take all the children of Israel. I'm going to take them out because I just I, they have angered me to the point of no return. I'm done. And Moses says, alright, well I'll stand over here while you're handling that. And sometimes I feel like we get so distracted by life. We get so distracted by, you know, the Scripture talks about the cares of this life. That we feel we don't have any time to intercede. We don't have any time to just be a friend to God and, and, and be in friendship with God. And, and so we settle for the mundane and we're constantly occupied by the trivial. And God is wanting us to live a life that goes beyond the trivial, that goes beyond just the mundane. He wants to give us a life with purpose and meaning that's only found in Him. Yes. And so we have to accept that invitation. 
We have to, to, to receive that friendship, that office of friendship, not just you do what I tell you to, but, but to really truly be His friend. To be able to hear and know what He's doing and what He wants for our life. During the reign of Queen Victoria, a London doctor visited a 72-year-old lady named Martha Vincent. Her husband had abandoned her some years earlier. She was poor and she lived in a very humble surrounding. She was very undernourished. She had uh, neither warm clothes nor wood for a fire. The doctor couldn't believe her friends would allow her to live like that. And when asked about it, Maria, uh, Martha, I'm sorry, said she had no friends. And later in the discussion, she corrected herself. She admitted that there might be one. But she was sure that she had forgotten about her by now. So the doctor pressed her for the identity of the friend. And finally, Martha told him that it was the queen herself. <laughs> she said, we've been childhood friends. And so the doctor left, not sure that uh, he believed Martha. But when he got home, he wrote the queen a letter and uh, related the incident to her that he had met uh, Martha Vincent. And, and a few days later, he received a letter from the queen. And the story was true. The queen had not forgotten. Enclosed in the letter was enough money to provide for all of Martha's needs. And for the remaining years of her life, Martha Vincent lived very comfortably as a friend of the queen. All along, she could have had that friendship. All along, she didn't have to live like that. She didn't have to, uh, to, to be in that situation, in that state. She had a friend. And some of us, we live well below where God intends for us to be. God has, I mean, the cattle on a thousand hills. Right? That's a lot of money. I don't know if you know cattle, but that's a lot of money. He, you know, He owns all of it. It's all His. He has all of this at His, his disposal. He, he can give and He can do and He can set up and take down. He can do whatever He wants to do. And He wants to be our friend. He created time and space. He, 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 he made our bodies. He, he knows everything about us. He knows the very number of hairs that are on our head or lack thereof for some people. But He, he knows these things. He's not. It's, a, it's amazing to me that He can be so awesome and so amazing and so incredible and yet He wants to be your friend. He wants to be my friend. Who's shy? Preserve David's kingdom. David had a plan as, as a friend. Hushai was in the position that David could reveal to him and only him what his special plan was. Hushai became the influencer and he brings this plan to fruition. And if there had been no friend of the king, the reign of David could possibly have come to an end. I wonder what it is in our world that God desires to do but he struggles to find a friend. I wonder what God's trying to do in our lives, in our homes, and among our families. If he could only find a friend that he could share those plans with. We're so distracted. We're so busy. And I feel He's calling us to friendship. 
Because He has a plan and He has a purpose and he, He's got a grand design. And Sometimes I'm so busy I don't take time. And He wants to reveal it to me. And He's calling me to a deeper level. He's calling me to a, a, a closer walk with Him and He wants me to be His friend. But how do I respond? Well, I just don't have the time. I've just got so much going on right now. Sometimes I feel like, and this is just me, but I feel like sometimes in, in when God is dealing with me about stuff, it's like He brings me to a, we call it watershed moments, where, where we make a decision and from that moment, things either change for the better or they change for the worse. Depending on what, what decision that we make, but we, we have these moments many times in our life and it really kind of, I don't know how to say this and not sound so dramatic, but it, it's like there's life before and then life after that moment. It's in that moment that we decide and whatever we decide has a lot of weight on our lives. And it's impossible, I think, if we look back, uh, the only way that we can know when we had these moments is when we look back and we see that moment for what it really was in our life. And I would just caution you today because maybe you haven't thought about it like this. Maybe this hasn't been your, your take on God or your take on His, His desire for friendship or relationship with you. But maybe today, maybe He's calling you to this moment in your life where you decide whether or not you will be His friend. And so you might say, well, Pastor, how would I become His friend? How, how would I do that? The first thing you have to do is you have to talk to Him. Confess anything that you've said or that you've done or that you've thought. Anything that would you know, keep you from being in relationship with Him. And, and ask God to forgive you for any sin that you've done. And start your relationship fresh and new with Him today. And, and be real with Him. Be open with Him. And then if you've not, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in the water for the remission of your sins and have all of those sins washed away. And God has promised that He will fill you with His Spirit, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And He wants to live in your heart. And He wants to be your closest friend. Yes. The Scripture tells us that there's a friend, right, that sticketh closer than a brother. And I think, you know, we've got this, we've got this, this thing that we do at, at church. And we, we call it the altar, right? We don't have big kneeling pads. We don't have huge benches or anything up here. It's just a place that signifies, God, I'm turning my life over to You. I want to be Your friend. I want to be close to You. I, I'm tired of doing my thing. I'm tired of going my way and I want to give You complete control. So as we stand tonight and as we think about what we have heard, Amen, the, the Scripture tells us that, that, that He is not wanting to call us servants from here on out. I love the way that John 15 puts it. It's almost as if he said, up until now, this is kind of, this is kind of how things have been going. Up until now, you've been reactionary. Up until now, you've just, you do whatever I say and that's just pretty much how it's gone. And You don't really have a participation role. It's just kind of, you're just just a servant. 
And he said, the problem with that is the servant doesn't know what the master wants to do. But he said, from here on out, from, from this point forward, from, from today, from you know, uh, 4.52 p.m., uh, from here on out, I want to call you friends. And that's what He invites us to do today, is to be His friend. So today, this altar's open. This is where we come. This is where we surrender. Amen. And if you would today, why don't you respond to Him and say, God, I want to be your friend. I want to know what you're doing. I want to participate in what you're doing. And God, I want to hear your voice clearly so that I can follow you completely.